0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 99 of F-Stop Collaborate and Listen, Almost to 100. This week's guest is Patricia Davidson. Patricia is an awesome landscape photographer from Oregon who has been traveling the country in her RV for about the last four years. It was a really laid back conversation and a lot of fun. Uh, Patricia and I cover some really great topics, including how Patricia got her start as a landscape photographer and the role of Flickr and Google Plus, when prints go wrong, Patricia's ebook on promoting your photography locally, women in landscape photography, and a lot more. Over on Patreon this week, Patricia and I talk extensively about the pros and cons of traveling the country full-time in an RV as a landscape photographer, and uh, man, it was that was a fun conversation, so check that out. Well, before we get started, I want to tell you about one of our Patreon supporters, Dani LeFrancois, the woman behind Banff Photo Tours and Workshops in the beautiful Canadian Rockies. I personally have really been wanting to go to Banff to photograph the incredible beauty of that place. There's so much to see there. I personally would never take a workshop where I share attention of the leader with several other people. I figure the best way to see it is one-on-one with a local expert like Danny. Danny runs private one on one personalized workshops and photo tours where she will help you with everything from finding your vision, how composition can tell a visual story, or even understanding your camera. So, whether you've got your first camera and want to learn how to use it, or you're an advanced photographer and want to experience the very best of the Northern Canadian Rockies, Danny has you covered. Visit Banff Photo Workshops to check out the different options that Danny has to offer, including half-day, full-day, multi-day trips, as well as night photography excursions. I also want to take a moment to tell you once again about one of my personal favorite photography platforms, Nature Photographers Network, or NPN. You may recall episode 77, where I talked with NPN's owners and podcast patrons David Kingham and Jennifer Renwick, as well as Alex Noriega, Ron Cascarosa, and others about the relaunch of NPN. NPN is an amazing community designed specifically for landscape and nature photographers. There are two really great features of NPN that I think you really need to see for yourself. The first is the critique forums. This is hands down the most informative and thoughtful place on the web to improve your photography. Not only will you get great feedback on your images from professionals across the world, You can also learn by reading critiques that are done on other photographers' images. The second aspect of NPN that I personally really like are the amazing articles written by many former podcast guests such as Guy Tal, his was awesome, Colleen Menix berry Eric Bennett, who wrote this really awesome article about photographing in the forest, and lots more. I just published an article over there myself on moving beyond icons as a landscape photographer. Check it out head over to naturephotographers.network. Well, special thanks to our Patreon supporters and podcast producers. These incredible people contribute at the $20 a month level and higher over on our Patreon page and really are just keeping the podcast running. So thanks to Michael Howard, Jack Curran, Eric Stensland, Chris Rice, Jeff Peterson, Charlotte Gibb, Jason Matthias, Anton Everine, Laurie Berenson, Roger Nadell, William Nurse, Ken Dono, Danny LeFrancois, and James Bacavoy. All right, let's get to the show. Alright, well Patricia Davidson, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I, I've enjoyed your show, so it's it's an honor.
0: <laughs> yeah, you just uh you actually just shared with me before we were recording that uh you've listened to almost every episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, just about.
0: That's cool. I, I um you're you're I feel like there's not a ton of people who can say that, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think you have a pretty good audience out there
0: cool well that's exciting to hear um yeah so we actually first met at a photographer gathering in ridgeway about what was that two years ago now with um yeah. sarah marino and ron and and that kind of those folk, folks folks uh, that was pretty cool
1: yeah i think it was a year and a half yeah
0: yeah well i i've actually been um following you as a photographer probably ever since i got into photography seems like, or at least maybe it was when I moved to Portland, Oregon. Um, I think yeah. I you know, looked for people in the Oregon area to follow, and I think your name came up, and I started following your work. So really enjoy the, the breadth and diversity um, and the subject variety that, you, that you've captured over the years.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I'm surprised I haven't met you. It seems like I've met so many people from the pacific northwest so when did you live there
0: um i lived there like 2014 2015
1: oh okay so that's why because we you know i started traveling full-time in 2015 oh there you go yeah
0: <laughs> well <laughs> and you were were you living in the southern like the oregon coast
1: area yes yes yeah. i i've lived here on the um coos bay oregon on the coast, southern Oregon. Yeah.
0: Coast. One of so. my best friends actually lives in Coos Bay.
1: Oh. Yeah. Do I? Huh. Is, is he a photographer?
0: No, he's a pharmacist. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he actually oh. works
0: for the the Coquille tribe down there. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah. Wow. Well, Small work. well cool. So, before we get too conversational, uh, um, not that that's a bad thing, but. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of listeners would love to maybe just learn a little bit more about you as a person and like kind of um, who you are and how you got started in this um, awesome world of landscape photography.
1: Sure. Well, um, I kind of consider myself a late bloomer, you know, because I didn't get into photography until after my kids were grown. And uh, so it, it seems like it happened, let's see, somewhere around 2006. So, it's been that long. Um, that's a while. I, yeah. So, my what happened was I entered a photography contest with a point and shoot, by the way, and it was just a state, local parks and recreation thing. But I, I won this calendar contest, so uh, I, I was in on the cover that year, that's and funny. yeah, and they had all these prizes like a tent or something from REI and anyways it was kind of a big deal for me back then and my husband was so tickled that he went out and bought me a DSLR and surprised me with that and so it kind of began the addiction yeah (laughs) and so I just and because I lived on the southern Oregon coast it was like I could hear you know the fog horn at night in the in the sea, you know, by, at the bay. And and so I could just run out anytime time and take pictures, and that's what I did for a long time. <laughs> so I tell people that that's how I learned, you know, how it developed my landscape photography skills, mm-hmm. pretty much right there on the coast.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I actually... Uh, Never got the chance to photograph the southern coast. Like I don't, I don't know why. I I really, really yeah. It's, it was on my radar for for so many so much of the time, but I just never made it down there from Portland. Like I was too busy drinking beer and <laughs> hanging out with uh, really cool people. I Guess I <laughs> well, like you're gonna have to do that.
1: Yeah, because it's so gorgeous, and I mean the whole Oregon coast. I just I love it and you know it's just an amazing place to to go and you you know Bandon's so awesome you've seen pictures and oh yeah for sure it's it's incredible and I you know it didn't take me long it took me about 30 minutes to run down there whenever I wanted to so so yeah I have a lot of pictures from
0: <laughs> yeah from
1: the Oregon coast so that's pretty much uh was my portfolio for a long time and then then I started traveling just, you know, on the weekends because I worked I worked full time as a web developer. So when I started photography, I was I had a freelance business and and then I started working for the community college there as a web developer. And working for a college, you have all this time off. <laughs> you have yeah during the summer we only worked four days and, you know, vacations, holidays. All kinds of stuff. So, so it seemed like I was always a weekend warrior. Yeah. Kind of thing, for a long time. So, and well, I, there's a lot
0: funny. of there's a lot of really amazing stuff that's within two or three hours of the Southern Oregon coast. I mean, you have the you have the yeah. the redwoods. You have like the Crater Lake area. Yeah. That whole um, North Umpqua uh, River, I think it is, where it's like. Mm-hmm. Whitehorse Falls and Watson Falls uh, and tokati Falls and uh, yeah. like that whole area I, is amazing.
1: That's one of my favorite places over there for waterfalls. Me it's too, so, man. It's it's so it's so under well wait, I don't want to say it too loud cuz then all the people would be running there. <laughs> you know like you don't want to say that on Instagram probably. But uh yeah, it's it's incredible. There's so many gorgeous waterfalls over there and now that the gorge you know has been damaged by fire that's a pretty good option to go over there
0: well and i would argue like a lot of those areas down there i think are even better than the gorge there's just so much more they're just different um and there's so many so many waterfalls close together in that that -hmm. that valley that it's just fantastic and there's hiking too it's i don't know yeah it's beautiful and there's there's way fewer people (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. I don't think we ever run into people. And I used to run over there, you know, maybe two or three times a year when I lived on the coast and um, just never really ran into people.
0: Yeah. Did you ever (laughs) um, did you ever photograph uh, Kentucky Falls?
1: Oh, that's probably one of my favorite waterfalls. Yeah, and yeah, it's a it's a great hike. Have you been there?
0: I haven't. It's like one of the only waterfalls. I'd say that one and Abiqua are the two that I like never made it to. That you I really mean? Regret.
1: You, you mean Abiqua? That yes, <laughs> I, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's um, well. If you go to Abiqua now, it's going to be, you know, full of people. It's just uh-huh. gotten really, really bad over the years and um, a lot of trash. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, the last time I've been there, I think it was 2014 maybe, and we, we saw some horrible, horrible amount of trash. It was disgusting.
0: That's crazy. You know,
1: but, um, if you go to Kentucky Falls, you're not going to run into anybody but locals. Yeah.
0: Much. Well, it's pretty remote. H-
1: hiking. Oh, it's very remote. And, you know, it's, it's a ways up there. I mean, you, you drive out of reedsport and you got to go up and up and up and you know it's so it's an all-day thing if you go over there and um but it's so i love i love the hike i love all the there's three waterfalls
0: yeah so. i i wanted to shoot it in fall like like late <gasps> october early magical. November. yeah
1: magical it's it's incredible in the fall that's my favorite time to go and you know, every time I've gone in the fall, you just get the most people don't believe you know they think you've done some saturation right <laughs> it's, it's it's incredible. It's like you know photographer's paradise yeah and and you know it's it's out there in the remote, and nobody nobody hikes in the fall, I'm telling you unless they're doing it for photography because the locals will be there all summer long hiking and you know,
0: in the spring, but nobody's there in the fall. Right. Well, so let's talk a little bit more about um, your your history of as being a web developer. So, um, how did that how did that inform you, you your photography? Because I imagine as a as someone who's a kind of a creative in the kind of creating websites, there's probably some overlap in terms of you mm-hmm. know arranging elements and colors and things like that and I'm curious if that has helped you at all in your photography
1: well yeah I'm you know I've always been an artsy kind of person you know I I used to draw and you know do crafty kind of things and and then you know when I got into web design and and I web design was my main emphasis and then um, you know the development kind of came later so yeah some of the stuff I designed at the beginning it was crazy ugly, but <laughs> you know, oh man, they were pretty foofy um but you know i've I've taken a lot of uh courses over the years and just practice and working on my own business you know as a freelancer and um, and yeah the I think photography when it sort of came in it was a way to get away on the weekends or you know because I was sitting at a desk all day long right and and I've I've always liked the outdoors so my husband and I we like to hike and we like to uh, kayak and so we're always outdoors anyways and so I always just brought my camera along and and so that kind of developed from there and the more I got into photography the more I would say that my creativeness went into that more than the web stuff. I was starting (laughs) to lose interest, you know. And that was probably just the last few years before I um, started traveling full-time, which was somewhere around 2015.
0: Wow. So what is it about photography that you find uh, to be such a creative release that's um, more fulfilling than web design? Oh,
1: just being outdoors and fresh air, um, gorgeous scenery. It's just, you just don't want to be inside sitting at a desk, (laughs) you know, and I, I just love it. It's just so peaceful. And, and so when I was a weekend warrior, it was just a way to, you know, get out of a stressful week, you know, it's like, okay, this way I can relax and enjoy and, um, Get creative and you know where all week long I'm stressing with deadlines and you know right <laughs> things to get get done
0: I mean it's funny how many people I talk to that are weekend warriors that have full time jobs and they use photography as an escape I, mm-hmm. I know i I consider myself to be kind of in that boat although i work I only work four days a week uh but Uh, it's, it's still like the, the, the time that I do get to go out and take photos. It's, I love it. You know, it's, it's it, it definitely is a nice, uh, stress reliever and it keeps you sane.
1: (laughs) Right. And you live in a beautiful place and, you know, I used to live in Oregon and so that everything around me about the outdoors inspired me no matter where you go in Oregon. Yes. So. So so yeah and I would say right now I'm in southern Arizona right now I'm not feeling too inspired huh. by my location that I'm in currently but Interesting. Um yeah so I haven't I haven't taken my camera out for a for a bit.
0: <laughs> that's interesting. What what is it about uh that that area that's that doesn't inspire you?
1: Well, I'm currently in Yuma, Arizona okay. and it's just it's just kind of a I would say the snowbirds all come here, <laughs> and um, there's nothing but farm farms and orchards around here, and mm. it's not inspiring me right now, but we're here because um, we had to do with our RV.
0: Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> you've been <laughs> at it for like 13 years now, so you've kind of seen the ebb and flow of, of, of the web and Web 2.0 and social media. Um, I'm super curious, I think you had mentioned to me that when you first got your start, you were heavy, a heavy user of Flickr, and I think after that you mentioned Google+. So I'm curious, like, what is it about Flickr that was a great community for you? And I'm curious about your thoughts about the relaunch of, of Flickr kind of now under SmugMug.
1: Yeah, um, Flickr was great. I mean, I started out in some other thing that nobody's ever heard of called Flip photo <laughs> and that's that's where I first started posting and then somewhere along the line I found out about Flickr and got on there and that's where I met a lot of people um that I actually met in person and a lot of the Pacific Northwest people and actually met David Thompson through Flickr. Oh cool and uh shot with him once in his backyard. Um but lots of uh, really great photographers I met there, and um, it's it was a good good thing at at the time. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, I think it's still good. Honestly, I I I haven't posted in Flickr in a couple of months, but um, I I don't know. I think it's a great community. There's a lot of great photographers there that have stuck it out, and um, mm-hmm. it's funny when I uh when I first moved here to Durango there was a guy that we were mutual friends on Flickr and that was it we just knew each other through Flickr and um he found out through a mutual friend that I was moving to Durango and so he reached out to me through Flickr and he was like hey I heard you're moving to Durango and I was like yeah I just got here today and (laughs) and he was like well I want to take you I want to take you out so like my second or third day in Durango, he took me up to one of his favorite spots that I'd never heard of or seen pictures of before. And it was just so cool um, having a local take me out because we were connected on Flickr, you know. it's Wow,
1: I think it's, that's awesome. I think
0: it's a cool community. Um,
1: yeah, I feel bad that I kind of th- – this is the crazy thing. I had um, actually – a few years back decided, Oh, I have too many social media accounts (laughs) and I, and I dropped my Flickr account and then I opened it up again, like last year, I think it was. And it was like, Oh, you're starting all over building, you know, finding people building, Mm -hmm. building it up again. I wish I hadn't done that, but you know, I didn't know either that a smug mug was going to take over and try to make go of it. So um that'll be cool to see um
0: yeah i'm yeah excited i know what's coming i think i think they're gonna they're gonna do some cool stuff with it
1: yeah i haven't i was a pro before before i closed my first account right <laughs> but i haven't become a pro yet but um um I'm, I'm gonna start getting into it again because i don't google plus is dead i mean they're they're closing yeah, shop in yeah, April. Exactly. Yeah. They've been dead a couple of years, but it was it was a really great uh place at the time when it started, I think two thousand twelve or eleven, somewhere around there. It was pretty I was pretty involved and
0: uh, I wish I was more involved. Like I participated in a lot of the you know, the I think there was like daily there was all those themed things you could do, like plus Mountain Monday or Waterfall Wednesday yeah, and all that, that was stuff. Fun. And I got
1: that was really fun
0: because I got started pretty strong in 2011, right when Google plus started taking off, but my photos weren't very good yet. And I was trying to break into that, break into Google plus because I could see the benefit of it. There was a lot of people leveraging it to make a name for themselves. Like I think Colby Brown is a great example. Yeah. He was relatively, I don't know. I don't think he was super well known, but Google plus hit and he just took off. And there's a lot of people yeah. that kind of launched their careers through Google Plus.
1: Oh yeah. There are so many that I think Karen Hutton was one of those who uh you know, now she's a Fuji ambassador and uh uh-huh. just a lot of people that that's where it all started. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I, I think I have like it's kind of sad because that's the place I have the most followers. There's like um fifty six thousand <laughs> followers where I know some people had, you know, millions of followers, but I had about 56,000. And so I I had a community there, too, that I started, which mm. was an Oregon landscape group. Oh, wow. You know? And it was sad to close that. I closed it up uh, right after Christmas. Mm. And I, I told everybody, you know, I'm closing it.
0: <laughs> I bet there was... But there
1: were still people posting, you know? Yeah.
0: Daily. I bet there was some pretty pretty big names in there too, if I had to guess.
1: Yeah. So it's pretty sad, but you know, that's what Google does with their products after a while.
0: Well, we still have Gmail.
1: Yeah, I know. What would happen if Gmail went away?
0: Everyone would go back to Yahoo. Oh,
1: I know. That's that's where, yeah, Hotmail. Or AOL, right? Oh, my gosh. I know. I think I still have a Yahoo account. I think AI definitely
0: do, too, but not for long. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah google plus i feel like uh it was a very it was a very interesting idea and they had this thing they did uh called ripples where i don't know if you ever looked at that Oh yeah. but you could see no not really you could see how popular posts um went viral they would show you all of the different strands that made wow. that post take off and i wish I wish, like, Facebook and other other social medias would use it because it was really helpful and informative to to see, like, oh, if I tag this person or if I share it with this group or if I do X, Y, and Z, it will make a difference. It was really interesting to see.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I sold a lot of prints through Google+. Really? And, yeah, and every time I did my calendars, you know, people would buy my calendars. Interesting. It was, yeah and it was like you didn't even have to really promote it too much and people would buy
0: wow that's cool i i never tried to really leverage google plus that way i leveraged it for a different project that has really um in hindsight it's been one of the one of the smartest things i've ever done as a photographer i wrote this uh article where i uh featured uh quote-unquote, the 20 best landscape photographers in Colorado. Uh, but I curated oh. all of those individuals from Google Plus back in 2012. and uh, mm-hmm. Or 2011, actually. It was, like, end of 2011. And I got all the suggestions from Google Plus. And, uh, yeah, it just took off. And to this day, if you Google best landscape photographers in Colorado, like, my article will come up first. Uh, wow. And uh, it's <laughs> it's actually uh, created a lot of relationships for me. I've gone shooting with a lot of those people back then. I wasn't a good photographer and I've, I've gotten a lot better since I wrote that article and it's just opened a lot of doors, just writing that one article and using Google plus to leverage it.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was, well it's a good thing for a lot of people and it's too bad, but it is too
0: know. bad. Well, let's, uh, Let's shift gears. I know people make fun of me for saying that, but it's my, it's my favorite way to transition. It. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, how has uh, being a full-time RV traveler affected your photography business, both good and bad?
1: I would say the downside is a lot of my income as a photographer came from community and local local sales, selling Oregon coast prints, you know, Oregon prints mm-hmm. in Oregon and, you know, being in shows. I used to be in shows and um, do uh, some, I'm in a couple of galleries still, but I, I was just out there more in the community and things like that. And when I was doing things like that, you know, I was making more money. And so mm-hmm. when you go on the road and stuff, you're not in the community. It's like, Every time I go back to Oregon, I have to go back to the galleries, and I have to see what I need to supply them with for a year—basically, almost a year—before I go back, and that—that that makes it hard. And um, and also, if people are ordering prints from me online, I'm drop shipping them. I don't have an inventory anymore. Sure. Like I I used to have somewhat of an inventory, and you know, I had to get rid of that going into a small space
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i live in a really small house in downtown durango which does not have a lot of space (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i don't have i don't have stuff on hand either it's it's all it's all it's all print order for me too
1: well the thing about you though you can actually if you want to you can have it shipped to you and look at it it's it's harder to do that when you I mean I can't do that, especially if somebody orders a large print. You know, I can't have that shipped where I'm look at it and then ship it out again. (laughs) Right. So Yeah, that's that's a I feel
0: like that's a challenge for every photographer though. I mean, especially if you're printing very large, it's not terribly economical to have it shipped to you, inspect it and or sign it and then ship it again. It's it's very cost cost prohibitive. I know a lot of people that, um, like I was talking to Aaron Feinberg who lives in Kauai and he actually travels to the United States, like to the, to mainland several times a year, just to inspect prints that are going out to people, Wow, which is mind boggling to me. Yeah, I, I guess I have a little bit more trust in the printing process than other people do, but, uh, Cause I figure if if the print comes out bad, I'll just make it right with the customer, you know.
1: Yeah, and that's happened to me, and that happened to me. Um, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and I've been doing large prints for a long time. But uh, about a year, year and a half ago, I had a, a major problem with you know two reorders, and it mm. just didn't cut it, and I couldn't see it myself. And fortunately, this lady who ordered lived in. Um, Portland, and I one of my daughters and her husband went over there and picked it up and and took it well, there were two copies there because after the third time <laughs> she didn't want that print anymore, so I lost a customer, you know, and it was pretty uh. bad and and the horrible thing about it is you know you've got somebody that was she was nice about it after after she saw a real person you because know, here she's dealing with me on the internet, right. And I've never had this problem because most of my orders come from out of state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had people that they they found a print that they really like and they moved out of Oregon, but, it you know, it's something that they wanted because it was something taken in Oregon or whatever. Sure. And, and so it ships out of state. Well, this lady was in Portland and, um, you know, she was beginning to think something was up, you know, <laughs> Me, me or the print and then the print company thought something was up you know like why is this photographer what was wrong with
0: it like was it colors or like it was was
1: horrible and you know i i never i just ended up pulling that print out of my gallery until i can actually do some tests myself yeah and, and see how it prints out but i haven't had that problem before and the first time i thought well something really went wacky with the upload you know that's all i could think Uh
0: uh-huh
1: and and maybe they got some corrupted file or something was like
0: was it just the colors were really off or what
1: yeah the colors were off and you know of course i was seeing this person's pictures of you know that she took with her phone and she had a really dark dark um living Uh uh-huh and And you're like oh it (laughs) <laughs> and then it you know it was against a brick wall, and of course it looked terrible to me when I saw it, and I said, "Oh well, I'm gonna send you a new one, you know, yeah, and so so I go to send her a new one and and it was a little better, but it was still not to her liking and so but then, when you know my daughter and her husband went and picked them up and and she actually saw somebody in person, she felt you know she was nicer, and <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, my daughter liked one of the prints so much she has it hanging in her house. Oh, interesting. So, you know, I, when I went back this summer, I actually looked at it and I said, eh, no, that's yeah. not good. And, and the other one I got rid of.
0: <laughs> I uh, I feel like it's weird. Uh, I've had a couple of things like that happen to me, but it was totally my fault. I One time I... For some strange reason, I saved the file in the wrong color space, and then when I mm-hmm. uploaded it, it was like really flat and weird looking. You know?
1: Oh yeah.
0: Because uh, I think I saved it in ProPhoto, and like the printer, mm-hmm. the print lab doesn't print in ProPhoto, so I was like, it just looked really weird. The colors were really strange, and
1: I I think I tried that once when there was some photographers talking about Photo And so I tried it and I printed something and I didn't like it either. And so um, I'm like, why, how are they able to do it? <laughs> you well, know? you can
0: edit in Photo, but I don't like, then you have to, I think export it in like sRGB or Adobe RGB, but
1: yeah. And that's what the labs want. You know, if you're to English, I don't know. There's some labs I've dealt with a lot of labs and, um, you know, I usually have really good results and I've tested a lot of my photos before I even yeah. go to sell them. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll have smaller prints made at different labs and, um, but I was pretty convinced that it was the lab in question. Which lab and, was it? <laughs> it was Bay uh-huh. Photo actually. Yeah.
0: yeah I, and you know, I. it's funny. I've had people tell me horror stories about Bay Photo. Uh, but I I've used Bay Photo a lot and I've never had any problems with them. But one of the things that I did notice that people do that's a mistake I think is they uh, they don't uncheck color correction because for whatever reason if they color mm-hmm. correct it it gets funky.
1: Yeah, I never let them do. Yeah, that. right. And no, I'm actually I've tried some different labs and. I'm going when I go back to Oregon, I'll be working with HD aluminum for the metals because uh-huh. I sell a lot of metal prints, and that's usually the biggest seller. And I, you know, as much as I love those acrylics, um, like from Nevada art prints, I just haven't been able to talk anyone into them yet, <laughs> right? I haven't, I, you know, I, I would love to sell those, but so far I don't have the right audience, I guess, for right. Because they're metals the the thing <laughs> yeah
0: no i, I hear you i uh it's it's a tough sell i mean it's a it's an expensive product but i think it uh i've seen i've seen the acrylic, i think acrylics are probably the best presentation of a print if if they're done well uh
1: mm-hmm. yeah they're pretty i mean i saw the difference between because i went to nevada art prints um about a year and a half ago and you know looked at their stuff and i could see the difference you know next to a metal it's just incredible yeah it's
0: there's no there's no question if you're gonna print on a fine art paper like fujiflex or lumichrome it's gonna look a lot better than a metal print every time (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah well i feel like i feel like that's a great segue into another uh, topic that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, You actually have an ebook dedicated to this topic and it's something that I personally would love to learn more about and I think a lot of other people would love to learn more about and that is uh, promoting your photography on a local level. So what what can you teach us about about yeah. that
1: <laughs> well yeah i wrote this ebook and it took me a while to write it i don't know why it took me so long i think the hardest why it took me so long is i didn't know how to make an ebook you know? <laughs> right <laughs> at the at the beginning it's like i asked several people that i know that made ebooks and everybody's different everybody does it differently and so when i finally figured out You know, how to do it. It's like I'm going to be working on more ebooks, but this one came out about a little over a year now, I think, because I've sold a lot of them in the beginning and, you know, sales trickle in now and then. And this is uh, a topic that um, I've talked about in different, you know, to different people and over the years. And I, I seem to get emails from people all the time about, now my latest one is the emails that I get from people is about Fuji <laughs> gear. But for, for a long time, I would get these questions about, how are you doing that? And how do you do this? And how do you, you know, get it in a gallery? And how do you? So I, I decided to write an ebook about it. And basically in my ebook I kind of lay it out with, Business Essentials is how I started it. And I talk about getting started in, as a photographer, you know, starting a business uh-huh. basically. Because I've, I've had my own businesses over the years and just some basic stuff. And um, and then, you know, some people aren't interested in that. They just want to, you know, learn how to sell in a, you know, local local store. Yeah, well it's you know, it's funny whatever. you say
0: that. I I remember when I first got into photography, honestly, I had no desire and or goals or interest in like making a ton of money off of photography. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I just kind of it's kind of a weird thing it just kind of happened to me. I sold like $20,000 worth of prints in one sale. <laughs> and it was <laughs> Wow, I was like, that's oh, <laughs> I should probably open a bank account and <laughs> do taxes. Yeah. And, you know, it just made me totally reshift how I thought about my photography. So I feel like it it just yeah. sometimes it just kind of happens to people and you're stuck wondering, God, I guess I could do more with this. <laughs>
1: Exactly, and some people, you know, like me. That's exactly how I started too, because, you know, I'm just out taking pictures of, on the coast and around Oregon, and Washington, and and people started saying, "Hey, I want to buy right. that," you know, and so that's like, oh, okay. And I did my calendars for a number of years, and those were popular, and and so I had already been selling, the calendars, and then you know people started wanting you know prints and. And so, yeah, um, so I started on the local level and I think it's a good way, you know, for those interested in selling their work is to try it out on a a local Mm -hmm. level. And so, so in my ebook, I talk about business essentials, you know, getting started and it's amazing. People don't realize that you have to do these (laughs) kind of things to start a small business, you know, that you want to be legit and, um, and then I I just talk about the venues and what kind of venues there are and opportunities in your local uh, area. And and there's a lot. There really is. And so I, I kind of highlight all those in the book and and then memberships, you know, that in your community, a lot of it is just, you know, getting out there in your community, maybe joining certain things like your camera club or art clubs or things like that. Um, but the venues, there's quite a few that you could, you know, approach people. And, and, you know, that's what I've done over the years. And so that's part of it. I talk about contests. There's been like little local photography contests that, you know, I've been able to judge, be a judge. And that was, you know, that kind of thing gets your name out there. You get free press because usually it's in the newspapers locally, um, you know, on on Facebook and stuff like that. So there's a lot of opportunities with that kind of thing. And, you know, I talk a little bit about social media, but that's a big topic. (laughs) It's changed so much, especially for me, it seems like, you know, at the beginning I was all into social media, but then I kind of am a little bit not as involved anymore. You know, I'm doing Instagram and, you know, Facebook and all that, but things have changed a lot for me.
0: And it's constantly evolving.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think the coolest part of my book is I had a chance to interview. Um, thirteen, I think there's thirteen photographers in my book that I have an inspirational section. Oh, sweet! And you've had all, a lot of them on your show.
0: Well, that's
1: awesome. I have. <laughs> I have Eric Stenslin.
0: Oh, I love Eric. You no,
1: know, I. What I did is I asked people who were selling locally that I knew of. You know, oh, Yeah,
0: Eric perfect example of that
1: oh yeah he's great um and i met eric once um or twice a couple times out in the field and he's super super nice guy oh, he's and, awesome um paul Marcinelli.
0: oh yeah paul Marshall. he uh actually just i think he got second place in
1: oh yeah the, the photo uh, of the year yeah he's yeah. in florida
0: right he's a florida photographer
1: yeah and he does a lot of um uh shows and you know art shows in his area okay yeah and i think that's a good portion of his income so i i definitely wanted to talk to him
0: yeah it's so funny i have a <laughs> i think probably twice a year i'll get a print sale from somebody who says that they really loved my photos that they saw at the uh, art art show that they went to. <laughs> and I don't have the heart to tell them that I've never ever ever been in an art show.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> well, it
0: happens all the time. It's yeah. it's kind of funny.
1: <laughs> oh, that's strange. I wonder who they saw? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> or they just they just thought maybe you know they've seen so many photos that they just thought it was probably an art show or something. Yeah, maybe
0: they just Googled it and boom, it popped. I don't know. It's funny.
1: Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah. So, so the local level is something big to me and I, you know, I, I've helped uh, different photographers over the years that have talked to me about that. And, and it's fun to see, you know, them doing it and being involved and getting their, their work out there and actually selling it. So. What What would
0: you, what would you say is like the number one piece of advice you would give somebody who wants to leverage, uh promoting their work locally
1: well just be prepared for people to say yes i mean be ready so if you're going to go out in your community and start you know showing your work and stuff and say you approach a gallery or, or you know some sort of store front and have samples there ready for them you know how mm. present it to them as if you know they were going to take it right there and sell it for you so don't just go there with your iPhone or you, you know, <laughs> show them your gallery. You you actually need to show them what it looks like, you know.
0: So you so you would physically bring actual print samples to people to see.
1: Oh yes. if you were if, well for galleries or storefronts, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, but I would, you know, the first thing is, you know, you want to make if you want to make it a business, then you you need to you know, be legit with your local business, you know, whatever that means by registering your business name and, you know, different states have different regulations, different cities have um, licenses for cities. Mm -hmm. And usually they're not very much. Like um, I think when I was in Coos Bay, it was like 20 bucks, 20 bucks a year, which is a bargain to be, you know, registered as a local business
0: yeah i don't think it works that way here
1: <laughs> oh really
0: <laughs> yeah i think it costs several hundred dollars to be a member of the chamber
1: well you don't have to be a member of the chamber but i mean like your city has if you're operating a business out of your home for example you need a certain some cities require that you need a business license oh uh-huh. and so so yeah i know to becoming a chamber member can be expensive but but yeah and then you know just kind of I always tell people to drop a business plan and see what you you know a business write a business plan and see, see what, what, you what well you know just what are your goals do you want to who do you want to sell to what what's your goals and doing your photography business
0: yeah it's funny <laughs> Maybe I'm just lazy, but every time I do something like that... Uh, it's I, hard. <laughs> I, I have I have the recognition of what it would take to accomplish the goal, and then I'm like, eh, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. it's funny. I was actually just doing, probably for a couple hours today, I'd spend some time thinking about how to get more print sales and targeting different audiences for mm-hmm. for photos and and when I made the realization that it would require require me to probably make phone calls and or go out to coffee and or meet people at their businesses, I was like, Oh, that's uh, just mm-hmm. does not sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just send an email? <laughs> you know, it's so funny.
1: Yeah, I mean Sending an email is not going to work. <laughs> it might, you know, but they I would say even even a phone call, I mean, would be better than Yeah, for sure, for sure. Email. But, yeah, definitely, you kind of have to know what you want to do. If you want to sell prints in your local area, what kind of, you know, when I first started years ago, I was in some little tiny mom-and-pop shops. Oh, where, wow. You know, on the Oregon coast, there's all kinds of little trinket shops, you know, <laughs> you know, the kind that uh, they get the touristy crowds and all that. And so those were the hardest ones to be in. And sometimes I had one guy that went out of business and he never paid me. For oh, no. And so you got to be careful with certain types of venues.
0: Yeah, that's not cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. And but. But, you know, for the most part, you know, I've been in some some places for a long time and and it's been good. But but yeah, there's a lot of different things that you you can do, like you can be in coffee shops, you know, restaurants. Sometimes we'll have and people do buy stuff off of the walls, you know, maybe not as quickly as they would other places. But, you know, one time I was in a bank. Uh, where I was in this art art club. <laughs> I was the only photographer for a while, but I joined this art club, and they had this thing where they would rotate um, art in the local banks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody bought something there. And, you know, and it's not something you would think about. Oh, yeah. People, you know, there's art on the wall, but they put a price and there's a name on it. So people if they're interested they just tell the bank i want to buy that print
0: yeah it's funny i uh i guess it was last year i had about oh seven or eight photos hanging up in a local pizza joint and uh and uh i didn't really have high hopes that anything would come of it because i feel like most people don't go to pizza places to buy photos, you
1: know. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: and, you know, the, the I think I was in there for like a month and a half and you know, the time came and went. I didn't sell any photos. And then about 2 mm. months later, a guy emailed me and said, "Hey, I saw a photo you had hanging up in that photo pl- or that pizza joint, and I was wondering if it was still for sale because I really liked it." Wow! I was like, actually, yeah, I do still have that photo and I will bring it to you today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But it's kind of an interesting approach because I feel like, like I just said, not, you know, people don't go there looking to buy art, but you can curate uh, people that are interested in your work.
1: Yeah, definitely. So that, yeah, that happens, you know people are slow sometimes but when they remember something and and maybe he went back and didn't see it so he's like oh I gotta get in touch who's this guy yeah exactly <laughs> or, or, he, or he just took your number you know or your name or whatever and t- took a picture of it and he wanted it you
0: know yeah and he was he was drunk at home one night and he was like oh yeah <laughs> that was cool <laughs>
1: <laughs> no I'm sure he loved it and he he just wanted that get it on your wall i've had people that have been slow you know slow to i've worked with over a couple of months and finally you know i've even had repeat people who who have bought um every year once a year from me that's
0: really cool so
1: yeah and so yeah there's so much you can do in your local area and you know like especially if you live in a touristy area
0: yeah and i I do
1: Yeah, so you got to get at it.
0: I know, I, I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a lot you can do, and so yeah, I break that up and um, talk about all those things. And I think the best part for me in in that ebook was just and I've had people that have told me that they were really inspired by all those photographers that I list in the back because I had the interviews and I showed pictures and each of them had a different approach to how they sell their photography in their area. That's so
0: smart that you did that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I had plans to do more with, with the ebook and maybe I will. Um, It's just harder right now, but when I get a home base, maybe I, I could, but I, I wanted to do kind of like um, some real interviews on video
0: mm. and stuff. Yeah, that's a great idea.
1: About the topic.
0: And like know? a link to a, a video
1: on mm. YouTube
0: or Vimeo or something like
1: that. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. That's a yeah. great idea. Yeah, so maybe that'll happen. What is,
0: <laughs> how hard is it to publish your own ebook? Like, what does the process look like for you? What did it look like for you?
1: It was actually once once I figured out, you know, the kind of layout and everything, it was pretty easy. Um, I posted it to a um, junkie. I used that service for a long time before I actually put, um, I actually added WooCommerce to my WordPress website. Oh, okay. And, you know, that's free, so I'm not paying a monthly payment. And... W- you know, it's pretty cheap with e-junkie. It's like five dollars. And I guess if you have a lot of eBooks, you're only paying five dollars, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. But, but I decided I wanted, um, I wanted it on my website, so I moved it um, about a year ago. Maybe I don't know. I think I was six months into selling it before I moved it over, and which made it hard. Like if I just had an update on the book. I corrected a few things and I added some newer resources. Mm-hmm. And and I couldn't email everybody because I even though I downloaded the list of people that bought it, you know, off of e junkie for me, I I can't legally add them to my mailing list because they didn't sign up. Oh uh-huh. you know? So that's probably a good question for somebody. Would you add them just so you could notify them when you have things like that? You know, like here's a free. I feel update. like that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I emailed, um, and you know, on my mailing list, I'll send out a thing, and if anybody is out there,
0: I mean, I've never know, heard of yeah. anyone like going to jail for sending <laughs> <No>. an email.
1: <laughs> no, no, but I want to be legit, but. No, um, I've heard. But, yeah, but yeah, I, those people, um, yeah, I could probably just do that for a temporary one. You know, add it to my mailing list for a temporary group. Just email them and say, I'm emailing you. But, but I did it from my website to the people that bought after that. And, and many of them got in touch with me and said things. Right. But, you know. But, um, but, yeah, I'll probably do that some
0: point. That's cool. Yeah. I've I've thought about writing an ebook. Uh it's something that's on my mind for sure. It's I feel like it's a fairly it's a very it's very accessible, but it's also kind of daunting at the same time. So every time I have somebody on the show that's written one, I'm always curious kind of what their approach was to it. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so one of the, one yeah. of the other
0: things that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that uh, you actually had written to me, Oh gosh, it was uh, back in uh, early 2018. Uh, you said that mm-hmm. you wanted to hear more from women landscape photographers uh, on the podcast and it's actually been a goal of mine to get more women on the podcast, not just from your comment, but from other people's comments. And it was one of my early goals to to feature more women on the podcast. And uh, it's, it's actually been, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, it's been a little bit challenging finding, finding women that are willing to come on the podcast. Uh, you know, there's fewer of you guys <laughs> that are in the field, so... Uh, there's even fewer You're yet right. that are uh w- willing to do this so uh so first of all thank you for coming on <laughs> and and i'm curious well, what is it about uh what is it about that particular topic that you are so passionate about in terms of uh wanting uh us to feature more women in landscape photography
1: Well, a big reason is I see that women are not, you know, chosen to be like ambassadors as much as men. When you look at some of the camera companies and you look at their list of ambassadors and, you know, there's like maybe one or two women with God's men. And it's like, why? I know so many awesome women that are landscape photographers or photographers. Why, Why aren't women represented more and I think a couple of years ago, I was more vocal about it. And I know Sarah Marino wrote, you know, an excellent, well, she, she talked about it too online. And then she did a, a list of, just to show people. And if you Google it, you know, she wrote, I think she had 100, 100 women on the list. And maybe it grew. I think it grew to maybe even 200. I, I could be wrong. Um, but anyway, she has a huge list um, just to kind of help people out to say, look, there's women out here d- doing this <laughs> and um, some pretty fantastic ones, too. Yeah. So it's,
0: it's funny. I actually just counted. I've had, I'm almost at 100 episodes and I've had 13 women on the podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I know. <laughs> Well, and you know, for my like on my ebook, I wanted to represent men and women equally uh-huh. on on who I interviewed for the book. And I actually contacted several women who were kind of leery of me contacting them and I, was like, yeah, what what's the deal? I mean, I'm just doing an ebook, and one of them even mentioned to me, "I don't understand." She said, you want to have my email list?" And I said, no. I I thought maybe you could promote it too to your audience, you know that kind of thing. Because you're in it. Yeah, and um, and then because I, I had this thing that if they so they promoted it, you know they they get a percentage. Of, yeah. That's- yeah, and so there was several people that did that. Um, some of them just didn't want to. They just said good luck with the book, and you know we don't need to do it. But um, but anyways, I had. I had a hard time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've had a, I've I've had a hard time also.
1: So I don't know but um you know there's a lot of women out there that are fantastic and I think even more so too and I'm even seeing younger women who are saying, you know, like high schoolers that are saying they want to jump into landscape photography. And, you know, I've gotten I get emails every once in a while from girls
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: and they're interested in getting into it. And so it's pretty cool.
0: So what advice do you have for younger women that are looking to enter the, the photography arena?
1: Well, what I've shared with some is that, you know, to just get out there and learn as much as you can and shoot as much as you can. And don't worry about, you know. Being popular, or you know, you could you could still be on social media and promote your photography, but just get out there and, and build a portfolio, and you know, showcase your work on a website or share it on social media. But just get out there and do it. And and I what I usually do is I send them resources like from Visual Wilderness. There's a lot of cool articles there. Some other sources um, for just learning more about landscape photography mm-hmm. and listening to podcasts like this <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: really it's uh education I, I i feel like i wonder i don't know i i don't know i'm a social scientist at heart so i always <laughs> ask weird questions but Sometimes I wonder if if some of some of what we're experiencing and noticing in terms of women in landscape photography is kind of that age old kind of, you know, stereotypical gender stuff, you know, where women are discouraged uh in society for, for being quote unquote aggressive, you know, like it's it's bad to be like be a, be like a man whereas some of some of those traits are actually what is needed to be a successful business person man or woman and uh, I feel like I wonder if that that societal bias is affecting uh, women's uh, perception of their ability to actually uh, or desire to to pursue uh those more I don't know business the business side of photography that we often because I feel like there's so many talented women photographers but mm-hmm. in order to be known you have to be good at marketing right and so oh yeah and if it's if you perceive exactly. that as being a, a aggressive gender-based stereotyped thing you're not gonna do it so do you I don't know do you think there's any merit to my crack my crack brain theory. Or?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I've been I'm in groups of women that talk about this stuff. Yeah. You know? And um I think from my perspective, I think that there are a lot of women that are really hustling it and they're getting out there yeah. and they're they're doing well. But I think sometimes, you know, even even men as well as women they can kind of doubt themselves, you yeah. know, and, and you, I look at all those great photographers and think I can never do that. I want to do that, but I don't know. I'm not as good as their, them. And I think social media is, you know, they're not getting enough likes. They think their work might not be as good as somebody else's, which is totally, they got to get over that and just do what they love and just get out there and do it. hmm and you know, I think um, all the successful women landscape photographers I see out there—they're—they're—they're they're, they're working hard just as much as any male, you know, getting out there and showing their work and just getting it done.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I mean, don't know what I've noticed is they're maybe not as a uh, in-your-face as as some of the some men are in terms of like pushing pushing their marketing strategies and trying to convince people that they're worth following, which, which I appreciate actually, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, yeah. So, but you know, it's, it makes me wonder though, why, why, you know, like camera companies don't, don't kind of get it that there's there should be more because these women are buying cameras and they're learning the skills. For sure. Know? And, and so they, they should have more women representing their products.
0: Absolutely. And,
1: I think it's changing, you know, but it's it's slow. Yeah. And even, even when we started talking about this vocally a couple of years ago, I, I think there's been a few changes that I've seen, you know, that it, where it's getting better.
0: You know, it's funny, though. I see uh, media channels like Outdoor, uh outdoor magazine and places like that they make a really big deal out of it when there's a super successful woman athlete and i think Mm -hmm. sometimes i wonder like that's really cool but sometimes i wonder if that's part of the problem it's like they're 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 also just a human and it's really cool that they're successful and you don't need to make a point of the fact that they're a woman
1: right you know right and you know there's been groups that have started and even little um, Instagram, you know, invites that I've gotten that that are highlighting women photographers, and and I don't necessarily want to be, you know, known as a woman photographer. I want to be known as a photographer. Right. And and so I think that's the way a lot of us in landscape photography, a lot of the women that I know, they want to be known as a photographer, right. not as a woman photographer because you never say male photographer right, right. It's, i mean do you ever hear that i don't There was a, there's
0: a instagram hub called milky way chasers that just did a photo contest and one of the categories so they had like they had like four or five categories i can't remember all the categories that they had for the contest but one of them was women <laughs> women women nightscape photographer and I was, I just, shook my, I just, I did like the the Jean Luc Picard facepalm. I was like, oh, why did you have to make yeah. a category for women specifically? That was a huge mistake. And what's ironic about it is the person that created that hub and is
1: promoting it is a woman. I was just like, why did you do that? Yeah, she could have easily, you know, just said, yeah, landscape or night. Photographers and listed a bunch of women, but maybe not say it. There's no reason.
0: Like, there's not like international women landscape photographer of the year. Like,
1: (laughs) exactly. So I so yeah, that kind of kind of bugs me. So yeah, I've I've turned down a few invitations to join certain things like that because I just don't want to be known as just a woman photographer, even though I am. But I want to be just a landscape photographer, you know? And, right. Cause that's what I do.
0: Well, it's interesting. But, uh, you never, you never hear people say like, Oh, they're a really good Asian landscape photographer. Or they're a really good African American right? landscape photographer, which I guess sort of surprises me. Cause as humans, we're kind of wired to do that, but, uh, uh Mm-hmm. I have noticed it is very specific to women for whatever <laughs> reason,
1: yeah, yeah. and maybe because you know, women have been so underrepresented in the right. past that that some just feel like we've got to do that to you know bring the attention. and maybe maybe it has. I'm not quite sure, but but, you know, yeah, And, you know, I just think that there's a lot of really amazing women photographers absolutely they should be um they should be in there being showcased as well
0: (laughs) well i feel like that's a perfect segue into my next question which is uh who would you love to hear on the podcast like who inspires you who do you think people should know more about and i'm gonna put money on the fact that you're going to say it's a woman or multiple <laughs> women.
1: Yeah. Um, well, you know, part when I, I knew you were going to ask that. So I, I came prepared because I've listened to your podcast and I, I actually went back today to look and see if any of these people were on your, you know, list of each individual podcast that you did and you know, how you list yeah. who, they, who they are. And, and so there was, there was a couple. I, one of them I scratched out, who's um, hey, been good. mentioned a couple times. Yeah, but uh, I would say that I would love to hear you a pod do an interview with Franca Gabler.
0: Okay. Uh uh-huh. She,
1: do you know who she
0: is? I I, I do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she's from. Um, she lives near Yosemite, and I've gotten together with her a couple of times. She, a few times she's kind of an amazing person and she is just killing it i mean she sells a lot of prints she does gallery shows over there in the yosemite area and she's just a joyful person and she's an interesting person too because she she has a full-time job she's a scientist oh cool yeah, and so she's a very interesting person. I think it'd be great to hear you do her. There's so
0: many people that have been on the podcast that are scientists full time and photographers on the side. It's so fascinating.
1: Yeah, and she's just a really, really good um, photographer as well as a really good human, and and so yeah, I'd love to hear you interview her. Awesome. Um, And I would mention my friend, Perry Chalet. I I never get her last name wrong. But I know that, I think she mentioned that you had asked her. She's so so
0: good. And uh, I think probably once a week we talk about her coming on the podcast. (laughs) We're going to make it happen, for sure.
1: Yeah, she's a very um, fun person, and I really like her. We've gotten together a few times. um, Yeah, she has
0: amazing photographs
1: incredible i think they're so inspiring her photography so good and uh somebody that may i'm not sure if you've heard of but i want to mention mary liz austin and her husband terry donnelly they both are photographers and if you go anywhere to like say buy a calendar if you're at costco and you see a book you see a calendar you will see their work because they're in everything (laughs) everywhere and they've been doing it for a number of years and and they they would be interesting because i know that they do a lot of stock photography and i know that's gone down over the years but they they've been doing that's i believe that's their main thing that they do
0: i feel like if you got into stock photography in the golden age of stock photography you're probably doing pretty well
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, but, you know, they're just kind of really great people, too, and um, really good photographers, and um, I think they would be interesting to interview.
0: So what I'm hearing you say is that the prerequisite to coming onto the show should be that you're a great person. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well I've, I've met these people so yeah <laughs> so i know that they are but somebody that i haven't met in person and i don't know why but we live in you know oregon but greg vaughn is from oregon and he has written a couple of several books but the two that stand out to me are photographing oregon and photographing washington
0: i actually and- own the photographing oregon book
1: Yeah, and he would be very interesting to interview, I would think, because not only has he been a lot of places, and I know he travels to Mexico every year, and he also photographs in Mexico, but I think it'd be good from the perspective of publishing a photography book, you know, to hear from somebody like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Cool.
1: So, yeah.
0: Well, wow, this has been really awesome like hour hour (laughs) and a half at least of conversation so yeah
1: it's been fun (laughs) yeah
0: i i i think i told you this in person when we were in ridgeway but when i sat down to make a list of people i wanted on the show i think you were uh you were in the top 15 people so
1: what
0: finally (laughs) finally was able to to uh to get you on the show
1: wow well i appreciate it yeah so it's been fun and i feel honored that you you picked me to because i really enjoy your podcast it's pretty fun
0: oh i'm glad you like it it's uh it's fun i uh yeah it's actually let's see here one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven your number 12 on the list
1: Oh, really? and my
0: list is wow. hundreds of on it. So yeah.
1: Oh, and it, I bet you just keep adding too. I mean, there's so many so many opportunities for you. I do.
0: It's it's actually a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, you. Thank you, you again. You I world. really appreciate you coming on the podcast and I'm so so glad that you like listening. So, let's uh let's keep that going, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Thanks a awesome. lot.
0: Ah, Well, thank you, Patricia, for coming on to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. You can see examples of Patricia's amazing photography and find links to all of the topics that we discussed and join in on the conversation about the episode over on my website at mattpainphotography.com. If if you enjoyed our discussion, there's a lot more over on Patreon. Patricia and I talk extensively about the pros and cons of traveling full-time in an RV. Well, next week, be sure to turn, tune in to a very special 100th episode, which features many former guests in an epic roundtable discussion, including Alex Noriega, Sarah Marino, Eric Bennett, David Thompson, Joshua Cripps, Colleen Minixberry, and Michael Shane Bloom. They invited some of their workshop students onto the podcast to pose some really great questions to the panel. This will definitely be one of the best episodes yet, I promise. Well, I want to spend a moment to thank our newest patrons for the podcast, and I also want to extend an invitation to any of you looking to sign up on Patreon. If you do sign up on Patreon, please leave a comment uh, on the boards on Patreon or send me a message, whatever, email me, it doesn't matter, and I'll share it with the podcast listeners. I, it really can be anything you want. I want to promote what's going on with you. Well, thanks to Eric Bennett for bumping his pledge back up to $5 a month. Thanks, man. And thanks to fellow Colorado photographer Peter Rondonone for pledging in at the $5 a month level. And thanks to Luis Arroyo for pledging at the $5 a month level. Really appreciate it, you guys. It's people like you that keep me motivated to work as hard as I do every week to bring you this podcast. So really, really just thank you so much. Uh, coming in April, uh, we're gonna have a special, uh, I guess, a special offer. If you wanna join in on Patreon, and uh, I'm gonna offer some discounts to some uh, some video tutorials from some of our former guests. Uh, well, if you uh, if you wanna follow us on Instagram or wherever, it's Matt Payne Photo or F Stop and Listen. And if you want to join us on Patreon, it's patreon.com/fstop and listen. Thanks for tuning in.